Hey everybody, welcome to the Spirit of South Park. What a great impersonation. I think that was right on. Holy shit, we just killed your friend. I have nothing against kicking babies. I laughed hysterically the whole way through. I mean, obviously, I, I can't. I, I, I obviously was, I mean, Barbara Streisand. Well, this certainly does suck right here. Welcome back to the Spirit of South Park podcast. I'm your host, Drew. And today I'm joined by six-time guest, Wes. How's it going, Wes? Hello, six times. I can't believe it. <laughs> It's uh, pretty amazing, and I don't know if it's more amazing that we've made six episodes of this show or that you've been on it six times, but let's not bury the lead here. There's more than Wes today. Wes, you have a guest with you. Who is joining you? Uh, my wife, Amanda. Hello. <laughs> Hello, Amanda. Welcome to the Spirit of South Park. Um, this is your first time on the show. It is. And I do have a little... Bad news. Uh-oh. Um, unfortunately, about four episodes ago, we had our first woman guest. So you're not you're not quite the Please. first. Oh. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> unfortunately, you're not even the second because I had two wow. women guests at the same time. That episode just posted. You should go check it out. I will. I was gonna ask. <laughs> and unfortunately, you're not even the first Amanda because one of them was named oh. Amanda. So. Oh. Well, I'm not the same one. Yes, this is a different Amanda. You can probably tell by her uh, non-British Canadian accent. That'll do it. (laughs) Yes, and I I apologize to Sophie and Amanda because I can't remember which one had which accent. Um, But to be fair, we recorded that like a year ago, and I'm just that slow editing things. But to get back on track here. I'm honored to be the third. (laughs) And we're we're honored to have you. I'm I'm very much looking forward to uh, uh, having you here and hearing your thoughts on this episode, which today's episode is season three, episode twelve, "Hooked on Monkey Phonics." Um, we've talked to the guests a little bit here. You know Wes, and I think we know everything he has to say, so we'll put him in the back seat. And and Amanda, tell us just a little bit about yourself and about your experience with South Park. I am an artist. So that's what I do during the day. Um, been doing that for quite a while and been watching South Park for quite a while. I think I started watching it when it first came on when I was in high school and watched it pretty regularly through college. I don't know. I was trying to think of this earlier today. Like, what season did I drop off? But mm-hmm. somewhere in my 20s, there was, there was a hiatus in there i think we all kind of had that point that we hit where we were just like it's too hard to keep up with and we just kind of got away from it yeah i think that was it and i also think maybe it's also like it it had a formula for me that it felt like after a while it was i don't want to say predictable because that's not really the right word but it just felt familiar in some ways and so maybe a little less new and exciting after how many years yeah, you you see something enough times, you get an idea of what it's going to look like and how it's going to go. Right, right. I definitely understand that. But definitely a good show, one that I've enjoyed. And in watching 
episodes more recently with Wes as he prepares for the podcast. Um, <laughs> I, I'm pleasantly surprised at at how well they hold up. I find that interesting. I didn't realize that you had even watched South Park that much or that you had even that much of an interest in it when you were younger. I kind of thought this was uh, <laughs> Wes just pulling you along and me being like, yes, that's a great idea. Bring her along. <laughs> so I'm glad to know that that you're not here really against your will or because you're bored. Right. I am I am fully uh, participating willingly. <laughs> no coercion. <laughs> Off the top of your head, do you have like an all-time favorite episode of South Park? That I do not. I'll be honest. Okay. Um, now... I will say the whole like Mormon tablet thing. I don't even yeah. know the name of those episodes because I think it might have been actually like a couple where yeah. they're like the John Smith storyline and everything. Mm -hmm. I That one just was funny to me because I had some friends growing up who were Mormon. And anyway, yeah, it it was just kind of one that stuck with me. <laughs> and And that's where... You know, I'm coming up short here. It's like, I don't remember what season that was in. I don't even remember a whole lot about it, but I, I remember those things. And like you said, the whole John Smith and the focus they did on him. Um, we'll get there at some point in like 20 years, probably. <laughs> sure. But uh, Wes, is there anything you would like to add in? No, I, um, <clears throat> I didn't. It sounds like Amanda might have watched more than me, which I would not have guessed because I was kind of... <laughs> In for a couple of years, out for a couple of years, came back in when I met you, Drew, and you said, you should mm -hmm. watch it or watch some more. They're still good. And then fell back out and now watching some again here and there. So but it sounds like you maybe were more consistent. So, yeah, yeah she might have seen more than me. Interesting. I don't know. Maybe to segue into this one. This was one I did not remember until I started watching it and said, oh, yeah, now I remember. So That was actually going to be my next question was, have either of you seen this episode or had you seen this episode? I hadn't remembered this episode until we started watching it. So, yeah, I've seen it. But I'm going to kind of back up here mm -hmm. just, just for a moment because uh, before you answer, <laughs> Wes, um, it's interesting when you watch the early seasons of South Park to also over time see how it changed visually. This is totally my artist yeah. brain talking. <laughs> um, but it changed so much from year to year. And yeah. especially if you watch the early seasons and you jump forward, it is it is noticeably different in terms of mm -hmm. quality and where they started versus where they ended up. So There's at least three kind of what I would call iterations, maybe four visually, like the first one or two episodes were just a couple dudes with construction paper, right. basically. And then it was like season two and three. Um, but then, yeah, later on, it gets a little fancier. I don't know yeah. if maybe there's four or five iterations, but at least three that I remember saying, whoa, what yeah. happened this season? You know, it really improved. That's interesting because... Um, to go with what you were saying there, I know we've talked about it on here before, just how the first season felt like it was so far behind from a, a graphic standpoint mm -hmm. um, and to where it's at now and or not necessarily now, but like where we're at in season three. Um, but yeah, I I had never seen this episode. I remembered very faintly the very ending of it. And I think I might have just caught it because it was running before another episode I was watching. Yeah. But other than that, I had very little memory 
of uh of this episode there's always the chance i did see it at one point in time but it didn't uh didn't stick out in my head but um we'll talk more about that as we go on announcements as always if you'd like you can support the pod and i would like to thank our two supporters wes hey and pat who who are still continuing to support we appreciate that and uh we'll be be buying the new mouse pad here soon (laughs) (laughs) with with all the funds that we've raised listener comments i don't think i've had anything i had a lot of positive feedback from the last episode um the one where I had Amanda and Sophie on and they host a podcast called I Learned Something Today. And it's a South Park review where they talk about the episode, but then they pick topics that were touched on in the episode and kind of delve a little deeper into those. And so that sounds um, way better than what we do. <laughs> oh, it absolutely is. They they put on a, a wonderful podcast yeah, and they're both they're both very intelligent and uh, they take their time to research things as opposed to me who just gets up here and talks and makes up numbers and uh you know we go home it's possible we were watching the episode three hours ago (laughs) two hours (laughs) i don't know how not important not Not important it's fresh (laughs) that's right that's the important thing when you get to be our age right we watched it multiple times though Mm -hmm. we watched it last (laughs) night and we watched it again today and took our notes and see that's always the big question is how many times did you watch it i'm at two for I this one. do too. I think for the first time I was on here, I said, oh, I, I better watch it three or four times. And then, yeah. I said, oh, you know, take some nice notes along the way. You can do fine with two. I've pretty much settled on one watch, no notes, no anything. I just sit down, I focus on it, nothing else. And then I go back through the next time and I make all my notes, that makes my sense. scores, all that. And then if I feel like I'm really struggling with it, like I did with the uh, Corn Scroovy Ghost Pirate mystery episode, I watch it like six times. <laughs> <laughs> we watched that one a couple of weeks ago. We were originally planning on doing that one, uh, the three of us. Didn't like it. You don't mm-hmm. like corn. And yeah. I watched it and I was like, oh, this one's going to be stupid. And I ended up liking it way more than I thought. <laughs> that sounds about right. I remembered not liking it back in the day. So apparently, how old am I? 43-year-old so Wes. 43-year-old <laughs> Wes has different tastes than... 19 year old so if there's anything i've learned in the time of doing this just because i have a certain memory of an episode definitely doesn't mean that it's going to hold up to that memory and that episode is a good example i think that's what's been the case with me and my low scores is that i've picked ones that i remembered really liking and then i pull them out to watch and i say well that one was kind of (laughs) dumb which which reminds me, um, you were a guest for Merry Christmas, Charlie Manson. You'd never seen it. That one I'd never seen. Yeah. I hadn't seen it or didn't remember it. And I think that was probably your highest rated episode. Pretty sure. Yeah. That you've it. guessed on. And I I the dodgeball one. Yes. Which is where the 29.1 sticker came in. <laughs> and, and if you had asked me, like, if you had asked me before the podcast or whatever just saying like which which episode sticks out in your mind i'd say the dodgeball one because that was a, it was i think the first one i ever saw i have my favorite parts from that but yeah i didn't that was 29 point well 29.1 that's pretty good what's been your best score probably the Christmas one just to remind everybody of uh, podcast history here west scored conjoined fetus lady that is the dodgeball episode a 29.1, while I scored it a 40 even. 
<laughs> and Matt scored it a 38.1. <laughs> so that that's that's still good for number four all time on our list. Wow. With a 39.05, and Wes came in with a 29.1. Um, that's how you get a sticker. <laughs> yeah, the sticker is still on my car. It is. <laughs> Same, same. Um, I believe last time we were visiting you, I took a picture of it. Oh, right. So I could post it in the Discord saying I found one in the wild. Um, <laughs> kind of. Kind, yeah, kind of. Um, at this point, our highest score is Season 2, Episode 4, Chicken Lover, where we had a composite score of a 42.85. Wow, okay. Out of 45. That's impressive. Out of 45, yeah. Right. Um, our guest for that one, the much smarter and wiser Donovan, only, well, not only, but because he does such a great uh, impersonation of the chicken lover. Yes. Uh, he had a listener score of a 39.9. So. <laughs> Got it. Yeah. He, he gets how this works. <laughs> he will actually be the guest on the next episode. We all know Donovan. Hello to Donovan. Hi, Donovan. <laughs> when I listen and there's a shout out to me, I get very excited about it. You get very excited? Yes. Well, but, as long as you keep supporting the pod, you're going to get a shout out every Oh, look at that. There or even you on uh, your other podcast, if you want to cross promote, sometimes I'm... Nothing of value. Excited. I am. Um, I'm always excited if something gets, if my name gets mentioned there too. Like, oh, that was exciting. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll make sure to try to to squeeze your name into every episode of everything. Well, don't do I that. Do. And it's not as <laughs> then it loses its value. It's got to be organic. Perhaps has nothing of value. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and start talking about this episode here. I'm going to go through my blog preview. For those of you that would like to play along and score at home, go ahead and pause the episode now and go watch this on your favorite illegal stream or HBO Max or what do they call it now? Max yeah, or whatever's on your DVR, your DVDs, or if you're really old school, maybe you've got these on VHS still. I don't know. Did they ever put these on VHS? We'll pretend. I think so. <laughs> so Hooked on Monkey Phonics. Aired November 10th, 1999. Another episode that I have no recollection of. At this point in season three, I'm expecting it to be underwhelming. However, I always hold out hope that there's a bit that's lost somewhere in my mind that I forgot about, and maybe it's going to come back in this episode. Maybe we'll get lucky. My trip to Wikipedia shows me that this episode aired the day before voice actress Mary Kay Bergman died. Um, which led me down a rabbit hole for too long. It was a very sad rabbit hole. I'm not sure if you're aware of that whole situation, but we'll talk about it. She was the voice actor for all the female characters in South Park up through season three, episode 13, among many other roles uh, for voice acting that she had. Um, aside from this bummer, I learned that in 2006, IGN named this as one of the top 10 South Park episodes. We'll be the judge of that. <laughs> Where do we start here? Uh, let's just go with let's go with our our plot review here, Wes. Okay. You're gonna you're gonna start us on the plot review. I will follow along and help out if needed. Amanda, feel free to jump in if you would like. Yeah, usually usually when I'm in charge of the plot review, we have a lot of starts and stops along the way. <laughs> yes, yes, it's uh, it's a journey. And and my episodes tend to be pretty long, and now with three people, um, oh boy, 
I hope this isn't like a three-hour podcast. There's a reason the season two review went for uh, like an hour and a half. It had to be a two-part episode. And that is Wes. Yeah. <laughs> and Donovan. It's, it's yeah. only fair. So this one really jumps right into the plot uh, right from the get-go. Uh, Cartman's mom comes right into the room and opens up a, a box called Hookstown Monkey Phonics to help him with the upcoming spelling bee. Hooked on Monkey Phonics is in the box is a monkey with a drum set and he plays a live monkey, not not just monkey. a stuffed animal. Yeah. This is a live monkey. Yeah, a little little bitty monkey with a little bitty drum set and little bitty drumsticks. And he plays a little beat to help you learn your words and how to spell them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um at first, he's a little skeptical, but he gets the first couple words right, and then he builds a little. Cartman's a little. Skeptical. Cartman's a little skeptical, and he, he, um, he gets a little confidence, and he's like, "Okay, not too bad." And then they kind of cut to the spelling bee, I think, right from there, and um, yeah. the students are all lined up. All the South Park students are lined up, and they make an announcement that there will be two homeschool children joining them. <laughs> And um, I think the first word is for the homeschool boy. It's a it's a brother and a sister, and I think he gets a pretty difficult word. Conscientious. <laughs> and he spells yes, because when they say conscientious, and I can't even say it, conscientious. Cartman goes, "What the hell does that mean?" <laughs> and and of course, the homeschool boy spells it perfectly. And I think Cartman, I think, is next. Comes up, his word is chair, and. <laughs> He looks over, he has Phonics Monkey kind of over on the side of the stage to to help him out, and his word is chair, and he looks over at Phonics Monkey to help him out, and the monkey's just masturbating behind the drum set. <laughs> now, mind you, Cartman thought the monkey was going to make him a shoe-in. Yeah, he was very oh, confident. Oh, yeah, he had this whole thing wrapped up. Yeah, Correct. he was very yeah. confident. Uh, and then he goes and misspells chair, C-H-A-R-E, which is not that bad of a spelling, if you ask me. <laughs> Um, I'm going to pause here real quick. This really doesn't have anything to do with the episode. However, um, I believe Wes and I are both looking at Wikipedia. And when it says it was talking about the phonics monkey masturbating, it has a link to, to the word masturbating. Oh and I don't know if there's anything that is less necessary <laughs> in the world than that. Well, especially on the Internet, right? I yeah. Mean... <laughs> Wait, I, you can pay me enough to click on that. There's no way. <laughs> This is my work computer, so. <laughs> yes, yeah, you're already on a list. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so anyway, uh, Cartman misspells chair, gets angry, runs, chases off the monkey. And anyway, the spelling bee continues. <clears throat> it basically comes down to Kyle and the two homeschooled children, the, the brother and the sister. And um, Kyle gets eliminated into word crocosladific or something like that. Close enough. I, I, Crocs, I, I tried to spell it phonetically, but wasn't able to. <laughs> and, it was rigged. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, two homeschoolers that kind of are co-winners. I guess there was a boy winner and a girl winner. And so they go home and uh, the the homeschoolers and they the, the, the son says, I, I think I would like to go to public school. Dad's very much against it, you know, and he, he the kid just keeps pushing and pushing. And so basically he ends up talking his dad into it. He goes to public school. So the next day in class, they're in um, Mr. Garrison's class and 
says, okay, we have a new student. And, and, and he rolls. And he rolls in a <laughs> giant hamster ball. bubble ball. <laughs> Which is almost exactly what you'd expect a homeschool kid to come to yeah. public school in if they were afraid of. And I love how he's just like, what's the big deal? <laughs> <laughs> this is totally normal. Yeah. Where's your I mean, hamster yeah. ball? So, of course, the kids make fun of him. They... You know, make fun of him being in the ball. They tie him, duct tape him. I mean, to a to a bench, <laughs> and he he comes home and his parents with the bench. Yeah, with the bench, he comes home. Oh yeah, still attached the bench. Still attached, <laughs> comes home. His parents are very uh, upset about the whole thing, but yet he, the 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 Mark is the homeschooler, and he he doesn't understand these these other public school kids. They're they're mean to each other. They rip on each other. They say mean things, but yet he still wants to go back the next day. And so I think he just is intrigued by them and wants to be part of them. So he goes back the next day and all that. And uh, meanwhile, I guess Kyle has developed a crush on the girl homeschooler. Her name's Rebecca. I'm probably a little bit out of order, but he um, he does the um, thing where he sings outside of her outside of her window, sings her a song and she uh, listens to it. <laughs> <laughs> she, she has some social skills that are a little bit she doesn't quite know what to do uh hasn't yes. had a lot of interactions with Very other people. and up to this point the interactions between kyle and rebecca like he's been trying to approach her to talk to her and it's just super awkward from both of them yes yeah right. so he um sings her the song she he still doesn't make this connection but um eventually I guess he asks her out to the big dance, which is the Bay of Pigs Memorial Dance. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Very, uh, very timely. I mean, Memorial, I guess you have one every year. I don't know. <laughs> does agree to do go to the dance with him. Let's but see. only after they kiss, right? Oh, is that? That's yeah, that's right. So he does get her kind of yes. out to the garden. That's, he... That kiss is very important. It's a turning yes, point. Because... She, he's trying to talk about like how you fall in love and you kiss someone you like and this and that. And there are things outside of your house. Yeah, she's very intrigued uh, by it. And then she, they kiss, and yeah, that is like a light switch for her. And then she agrees to the dance. And yeah, um, the quote is apparently, "You bet your sweet ass, I'll go." <laughs> Which is a major change from the character we've seen up to that point. Yes, it, it exactly. literally is a one eighty with the kiss. It is. Yeah, totally. So uh, they go to the to the uh, Bay of Pigs Memorial Dance, uh, headlined by the band Dio, which uh, of course, uh, yeah, of course. And then uh, <laughs> the the boys uh, continued to plan to uh, be mean to the homeschooled boy Mark. Um, also, at a certain point, the um, prior to this, the uh, I guess the homeschool dad went and talked to all the towns town dads and uncles and whatnot and said, hey, you guys should stop being mean to my my son. You know, basically be better parents to your kids so they'll stop being mean to my kids. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And the dads, one of my favorite parts is the dads are kind of like, well, no, kids at this age need to figure things out for themselves. And it's really the most sane thing the parents have ever said in the entire history. Of the <laughs> Usually the yeah. parents are the crazy idiots and the, the kids are the voice of reason but the parents, yeah you know kyle's or kyle's dad and stan's dad particularly really kind of say no no this is a time for kids to figure things out and learn and fun yeah each other's and and um and then of course they 
what did they do to the uh, homeschool dad? Did they they want to duct tape him, him to the flagpole. To the flagpole. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> After they duct tape him to the bench at the bar. Correct. Oh, they did. Okay, they got him at the bar. Right. They did. They did say they wanted to uh, have uh, ask him if he wanted to have a beer, and he's like, "No, I don't like beer. I'm more of a wine cooler." <laughs> um, and then I believe he got duct taped to the bench. Is that wrong? Is that apples and beers? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, so we're at the the big dance, and um, Re- Rebecca shows up dressed up uh, very promiscuously, kissing all the boys. <laughs> Yeah, she's had quite the turn. She's had her awakening. Yeah. Yes. Awakening. And so Kyle is stunned. And so is Mark. Yeah. Mark is is stunned and, and ends up, I guess, beating up Kyle. Blaming him for it. Blaming him and then beating the heck out of him, which yep. then immediately earns him the respect of all the other little boys <laughs> in class. They're like, oh Mark, you're so cool. We want to be your friend now. Let's do this. Let's do this. Exactly. So so they he Mark earns the respect of all of them. As for Mr. Cotswold, the homeschool guy, what do the uh, townsmen do to him at that point? Do they still run him up the flagpole? I don't think that ever happened. They tape, him, they tape him to the flagpole. So the dad did get taped at the end. Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. So that's. Uh, I wonder if they cut that out on your version. Uh, I don't remember seeing <laughs> I think him did, uh, on the flagpole, but that's <clears throat> yeah. It was like it, it was like the very end of the episode. So, and then they got it. And then Dio closes it out with uh, a rendi- another rendition of Holy Diver and uh, credits. So, credits. Oh, and yeah, the Phonic Monkey is does join them on the drums. Join playing the drums for Dio. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. We bounced around a lot, but I think we got everything we needed. Typical West recap. It's it's <laughs> very chaotic. You made sure you hit the high points, and yeah. that's uh, that's what matters. All right, so the big question, and Amanda, we'll start with you. Um, what were your overall reactions to this episode? So I think my first reaction in watching it through after how many years was that I laughed out loud more in this episode than I remember doing when I first saw it. Mm-hmm. Um, there were more things in it that did and that's i i must say i'm i'm easy to laugh in conversation but not with tv shows and movies i'm i'm okay i'm maybe a little harder sell on that one um so i was a little surprised at that that i was um <laughs> that i was laugh out loud for for some of these things literally um and i think you know there's that you mentioned this about your previous podcast guests the the two two women who joined you that they kind of delve into like the lessons learned is that what you said or something like yeah, that yeah they go into they'll pick like a topic and kind of like the main point of the episode and yeah yeah i i do think this this episode had a really strong moral of the story kind of moment yes i agree that is a pretty typical south park thing i think um, yeah. Because as part of the social commentary that's going on with South Park and what they're doing with each episode, there's that moment where you're like, OK, here's why that is either stupid or ridiculous or here's what we should really be doing, you know. And yeah. as Wes pointed out, often it's the kids who are figuring that out while the adults are doing stupid things all around them. Um, but that moral of the story moment definitely happens in this where. Mark, in particular, he's at the dance and he's sort of like, oh, you mean 
learning social skills is an important part of school and um and meanwhile our parents shouldn't over protect us you know and i and right here's the consequences of that you know and uh so that really stuck out to me as well about this this episode that it had that strong through point for the moral of the story yeah i agree and it, it kind of sneaks up on you like you sit there you're going through the episode they've got a lot of good stuff going on and i mean you can if you're if you're watching for it you can see where it's going to go but if you're just kind of living in the episode and it circles back around to you know the main point of you know children need to have social experiences and right. and where it did and it's like oh yeah that's that's what we were working towards this whole time it felt more old school i don't as the series goes along i think sometimes they just do random episodes that like wackadoodle things yeah just crazy wackadoodle things that do not always come around to a moral Um, but this one felt very traditional in that sense kind of old older where it was like oh it had the oh moment (laughs) if it was a sitcom or something and it, for me, it also went really fast. It did. Mm-hmm. I agree. I thought, oh, it, it's over already. That was very quick. So I didn't look at the runtime. What's going on? I guess so. I, I, a lot of different moving parts. Know, maybe just it was just good and it went quick. I don't know. Uh, I've seen a lot of episodes to this point where it feels like they drag on. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like I, I do dread the rewatches because I know it's going to take some time. It didn't feel that way with this one. Like I said, I watched it twice. Um, and it, it kept me engaged pretty much the whole time as I was watching both. You know, what did I miss the last time? Was that thing really as funny as I thought it was the second time, you know? Yeah, same um, here. I, I felt the same way. It was good both times through. You you yeah. know what we left out in the plot was Cartman's little side story of him becoming a... Oh, whole shoot, whole. yes. That and is And that's because it it a lot of episodes, Cartman gets a lot of airtime and he didn't get a ton it was like okay we need to get the last couple minutes so throw in a couple minutes of cartman at home being a a jerk at home to his mother and all that. <laughs> as he decides homeschooling is the way for him right right as he just lays yeah. in bed and eats chips and doesn't learn anything <laughs> um so yeah we left that out but it it felt like that was almost like filler to the main point um yeah a lot of time he gets a pretty starring role. It'll be interesting how that comes up in the scoring. And that's, I think, exactly where we should go. Now, I guess I didn't really say a ton about my reaction. I was surprised with this episode. It was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Good. And I think my score will reflect that. And I'm interested to see where we we all end up here with our scores. (laughs) Let's talk about the scoring system. The scoring system. Our scoring system is split into two parts. First, the character score. We have the core four characters, Stan, Kyle, Cartman, and Kenny. Each character can earn a total of up to three points per episode. The maximum score for the core four per episode is 12 points. We also grade the secondary characters. The secondary characters are characters who are not considered to be part of the core four, and they can earn up to 10 points per episode. The second part of our scoring system is the episode score. The episode score has three five-point categories, relevance, irreverence, and laugh score. The relevance score is based on how relevant the episode is, both now and the time that the episode was made. 
The reference score is based on how the episode disrespects or parodies topics that are generally taken seriously. The laugh score is another five point category that reflects how much the episode made us laugh as we watched it. We also have the personal score, which is our own subjective score on how we felt about the episode. That category is worth seven points. Finally, we have the SP factor, which is worth one point because 45 is a much better number than 44. It is basically the extra point of our scoring system. All right, character score. And let's start with Stan. Wes, why don't you have the honor here? Stan, uh, now Amanda probably has some comments on Stan, but I was like, well, he kind of just does a little bit of the guiding us through things as he often does um as kyle got more more meat as far as being a starring role so i've just put stan right down the middle at 1.5 because he he did a little bit of being the main guide or not narrator but just kind of kind of guiding us through things so i did not a lot of laughs um but he did he did a little bit to to run the show a little bit and Tell us what's going on. So I get him right down to middle 1.5. Yeah, he was he was present in the episode. It's not like he was quiet. Um, he did do a lot of things. Not like he was anything spectacular. Yeah, not starring or anything. Uh, Amanda, what did you think of Stan? Underwhelming. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm I'm a hard sell on Stan. Um, I guess that the that sort of walk you through, guide you through straight man kind of role um not real appealing to me i don't know that i felt like he did much of anything to help this episode mm-hmm. so i gave him a one okay yeah see i give him a 25 because if you give a bunch of ones and point sevens, you end up with a 29.1 and then the you never <laughs> get it down. yeah i thought stan did have kind of a driving role in the episode um, but I think his biggest contribution maybe went a little under the radar. And that's because throughout the episode, he was always involved in the name calling with other boys, uh, whether it was him and Kyle calling each other names or him and Cartman at different points. And Mark is the one observing this thinking, oh, this is how this is how these kids act. This is what supposedly normal is. This is what friendship is. And, you know, we talked about that earlier, the big driving point of kids need to have these social experiences and they need to learn how to do things with other people their age. Stan was kind of silently the one that was setting that up for him to see, for him to witness. Now, whether or not it was intended that way, I don't know. That's how I took it. Mm -hmm. And so I think Stan played a, a pretty big part in, you know, delivering that message overall for the episode. So I gave Stan a 2.1. Oh my goodness. <laughs> You're Almost right. more than the two of you combined. I think it's interesting though, because there's something to what you said. I think I just read it a little bit differently or, or experienced it a little bit differently that it felt like Stan blended in with the rest yeah. of the pack to me. Right. Mm-hmm. But I see with what you're saying that, you know, maybe he was sort of the, the icon of that pack. Yes. And I think that's probably the difference between me doing this for the 50th time and you doing this for the first time. (laughs) I've gotten to the point where I'm really good at trying to dig to find things like that. You're very, you have a very critical eye and not like critical in a negative way, just critical. You look very keenly on these things. And I'm just like, I don't know. 
one point five. That's good. Well, and that's that's good because I think we have the uh, the whole whole spectrum kind of here of the high, the low, and the in between. So um, I'm interested to see if this works out this way on everybody else's score. Yeah. So Amanda, let's start with you here. What did you think of Kyle? So Kyle was, you know, he he's always in love, right? And so mm-hmm. there's like he's he's in love in this episode and he's pursuing love, <laughs> shall we say, with Rebecca. He has this moment that I just think is great where he has like that John Cusack, you know, music outside the the window, the house window and she's up there listening to him. Serenade. The reference is Say Anything. That's the yeah. movie with Cusack. Say yeah. Anything. Okay. It, it's one of those moments, and, and it's so great because, you know, here he is, like, you know, serenading her, and he's putting his heart on his, his <laughs> sleeve, and, and she just looks, you know, she's listening to it, and you don't know what she's going to do, and she kind of disappears for a minute in the window, and she comes back <laughs> and just dumps this money in his guitar <laughs> case, like, he's on the street corner, you know? <laughs> Yeah, like like maybe like she'd seen like she'd seen that one time like on a family field trip, like oh <laughs> money to the person who played music and but there's... this is what you're supposed to do right right. But Kyle's driving force through all of this is that pursuit right and that pursuit of love and he's even standing waiting at the dance for her with flowers for her to show up oh, you know that. yeah he's yes. by the door waiting for her so he's very much in that role for this um, but I I think he that role for Kyle is so perfect. <laughs> and, yeah. and I gave him a 2.5. Uh, Wes, what, what were your thoughts on Kyle? I really, really liked Kyle uh, this episode. And as I've mentioned before, I love it when Chef sings a song. Well, Chef didn't sing a song, but who did? Kyle. <laughs> I can't think of too many songs that he sings. Very rarely. Is a catchy song, and I have it stuck in my head at this moment right now. And so I gave him, for me, is really big points. Um, I gave him a two point seven. Like Ooh, that's that's wow. the parts for me, really. Way to go, wow. Kyle. Yeah, I. I no kidding. Funny. I thought, uh, you know, like I said, I always love a good song, so that's gonna get like a whole one point bonus just for singing a good song. And yeah, he was he was great. And yeah, don't know what he saw in that that girl necessarily rebecca yeah i that was kind of where i was at mentally i was like you don't normally see it was smart i like smart girls yeah but which i mean if you know kyle he's he i guess would i would call him the intellectual of the group yes yeah for sure and so maybe that's going to be something that that speaks out to him now one thing amanda said was that kyle's always looking for love and i'm thinking at this point in the series that's mostly been Stan. Like we haven't seen a lot of that from Kyle. That's true. What's his uh, Becky Tur- Turberger? Or, um, mm. shoot, what's Wendy, Wendy Wendy Testberger. Yeah, close enough. I knew it was something. Becky Turberger. <laughs> <laughs> That's my new that was... name. She's a winner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm gonna clip that. It's gonna be really good in the season four theme. I'm not great. Oh. With, I'm not great with details. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. But yeah, the crush on Rebecca to me was kind of the main, I can't really call it the main storyline, but one of the main storylines. And I enjoyed watching him try to work through that awkwardness that everybody feels, not necessarily at that age, Mm -hmm. but like when you're first trying to figure out relationships and feelings and, um, you know, how do I get to this position? And then 
you know, all the things a, a teenager deals with there, and then you've got this super awkward person that you're trying to display that to, and it just doesn't work. The whole the whole storyline there I thought was absolutely perfect. And the fact that they chose Kyle to do it, I thought was an absolute home run. And, you know, we're used to Kyle or Stan giving the big speech at the end, which it wasn't here, but Kyle did give the speech to Rebecca to get the kiss mm-hmm. from her. And then, uh, as Amanda said, get get to the uh, 180 <laughs> turned there so oh. that she's a totally different person. So when he was giving that big speech in the flower patch or whatever, did you know that that was a reference or did you feel that was a reference or did you look? Ooh, I did not. What was the reference we to? both felt like, why does this seem so familiar? Like it's a little too familiar to just be a coincidence. Yeah. So why are they talking like that? That's got to be a reference. So I had to look and it up. And then the music changes behind them too. There's a really specific like theme playing in the background. And so, yeah, we, okay. Wes finally looked it up because we were both yeah. kind of bugged by I it. I had to look <laughs> it up. So let's see. I'm just going to read this verbatim. Kyle's speech to Rebecca about love parodies the Star Trek episode, The Gangsters <laughs> of Triskelion. And then also a musical cue often used in romantic scenes during the original series. I don't know what that is, but some... Uh, that is also heard so like when you said the music changed um that was like a really well-known musical cue apparently for romantic scenes and then also there's a third reference in this little short section kyle's uh love confession and kiss with rebecca parodies a scene from the movie ben-hur so they squeezed Man. three references in <laughs> that, that it was really a montage it was a montage and I, wow. I, I don't know any of those things. Your brother would know the Star Trek. Um, yes, I would assume. I, I've never. Other seen... than that, that's that's all lost to me. Yeah, yeah. And but I do know that the it seems like the South Park guys creators do like Star Trek. Yeah, yeah, because they've had a couple a couple different things that have connected in here. Yes. Um, I would like to research that a little more if like one of them had to watch it a lot growing up or what exactly that connection is. Had to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I say had to because at a certain age, you know, we didn't have yeah. a lot of TV channels and you, you got what you got. <laughs> Dad has the remote or Big Brother has the remote or <laughs> yeah, right. right. We've all been there for the young ones. So, yes. So yeah, when we were watching, we're like, that's got to be a reference. And so I was hoping, hoping it would show up somewhere. And we, the Wikipedia page did have the reference. I'm glad you pulled that because I definitely wouldn't have caught any of that. Drew, did you, did you give a number for him? I, I am going to tie this up and put the bow on it right now. I went ahead and gave Kyle the full three. Ooh, nice. Okay. So we are all high. We are all in agreement that he was really good in this episode. What? Now, let's compare that to Cartman. Wes already kind of made his feelings known that he didn't think Cartman was that great in the episode. A little bit on the side for me. I mean, you know, some chuckles. I really I really liked the beginning part with him and the and the monkey. Had a good that the home stuff. It just was it just was kind of like they popped over to his house. He'd say, oh, mom, could you turn the heat up? You know, it was just real short pieces, <laughs> not, not big laughs. Um, right. I gave him a 2.1 because he did make me laugh. Um, yeah. The interactions with the monkey were really good. And um, one of my favorite moments, I'm, I'm not sure if 
I have a single favorite moment or a couple honorable mentions, but he's in at least one of those. So he he did pretty good. I gave him a 2.1, uh, which is, I don't know, decent for a low scorer like me. <laughs> it's it's above half, so that's a good score from yeah, Wes. Exactly. That's true. Amanda? Um, so I am a Cartman fan. Mm-hmm. I I tend to like Cartman and his his uh shenanigans. Cartman it, he was kind of and, and maybe this goes to the relevance question that we're going to get to a little later. But mm-hmm. having had our pandemic world experience and then watching this and realizing basically a bunch of kids went into like school from home, maybe not homeschooled, but you know. Yeah doing school at home. I just thought that moment of him being in his room and, and that whole, it, it spoke to me. I really liked it. I, I thought it was great. Cause I was like, oh my gosh, this is, this must've been what it was like for parents. I can only imagine like, look, I have a new math book for you, you know? And it's like, <laughs> oh, not right now, you know, the whole thing. So, but I, I gave Cartman a three on this one. And I actually I like that there wasn't a ton of him because I think it was yeah. better not focusing him. completely on him. Okay, okay. That feeds a lot into what I was going to say. Just the fact that Wes is right. Cartman was limited. However, the limited time he had, he absolutely knocked it out of the park. I agree. You know, the, the whole homeschool angle, like <laughs> when he, he leaves to go uh decide he's going to be homeschooled it's like you can see where this is going to go yeah and this is going to go well (laughs) this is what benefits him and what he wants to do so of course he's going to do that as soon as he um got up from his desk to go to the door you knew what he was going to (laughs) say right and and then just the the whole monkey thing and cartman and the monkey did you like him and the monkey oh absolutely it was it was we love the monkey at this house <laughs> very very limited and i don't i i'll bring it up later the way they had cartman interact with the monkey when he goes to chase the monkey immediately after misspelling chair like they they played those two together so well um and i actually also gave the full 3 for cartman All right. what about kenny um would either of you like to recap kenny's death in the episode so I believe the, do you want to do it? Sure. Uh, so he's in Cartman's <clears throat> room. The guys come to visit Cartman in his homeschool uh, bedroom. And Cartman, of course, is in bed, but the monkey's sitting in the corner. And for some reason, I, I guess, like, Cartman's mom probably bought, brought snacks, as she often does for Cartman, right? So the monkey's got, like, a cupcake in front of him, I think, or something like looks that. Like it. And it looks yeah. like at some point Kenny kind of tries to, like, either look at or go for the cupcake and the monkey just like loses his his shit (laughs) all all bets are off and basically the monkey kills kenny um by destroying him and throwing him around the room i would say my big question was was that predictable like did we know that was going to happen or was anybody caught off guard I was caught off guard i think they just needed to find a way to kill kenny in the episode right and so yes it felt random to me and Often the Kenny stuff, sometimes it can be great. I mean, the way they kill Kenny, you're just like, oh, that was that was epic, you know. But yeah. this one, I was kind of like, eh. And I once again, I love the monkey, 
that wasn't the problem, but it was more <laughs> like, eh. It didn't seem to fit the, the monkey's no. demeanor. No. <laughs> yes, yes. For for everything they built the monkey up to be to that point. He's more of a lover, not a fighter. <laughs> but I think this was a really packed episode, and they just, they're like, well, we got to do something to get rid of him. Because also, he only had, I think, one other quote-unquote line. Oh, that was going to be my next question. Did Kenny do anything else in this episode? He had, I believe, he one line. He was pack, like the, the stand pack. He was around for some of that stuff, right? But Butters, I think, had more lines Butters, than yeah. him. Butters and Craig were much more yeah. part of the pack, giving the kid a hard time than Kenny. Right. So, yeah, Kenny did not have a lot no. going on at all. And so, I, I mean, it's hard to fault him because he didn't have much of an opportunity. I was trying to tell Amanda we sort of grade Kenny on a curve. We do, we do. There's just no other way to do it. Keen on. I, I'm not. I'm not buying it. <laughs> she doesn't. Like, she doesn't like Kenny. She told me. I, I'm not a Kenny fan, so I just gave him a one. I'm like Kenny, <laughs> you, you suck. It's, it's is that not... his participation trophy? Yeah, that's that's his participation. <laughs> I, I'm... West. <laughs> I, I gave him a 1.5 because I thought the killing Ooh. was too bad. It was a fine killing. You know, I didn't see it coming. <laughs> and I do like the monkey. And it was, we, we had to rewind it. Like, why did the monkey go crazy? And we're like, oh, he was kind of like kind of going for that cupcake. And that was kind of <laughs> just not something you pay attention to. But, you know. Sure. I'll was... be honest. I watched it twice and I never noticed he went for the cupcake. I just thought the monkey decided it was time to kill Kenny. Yeah. I was it was an okay killing, which is basically the strength what I gave the score on was one point. Yeah. I like it when he talks and you try to figure out what he mumbles. Yeah. And there just wasn't there wasn't enough of that. Right. Um I actually matched one of your scores okay. for almost exactly the same reason. Um, but before I give that, I will say that I think in defense of Matt and Trey here, anytime you have a chance to kill Kenny with a monkey. Yeah. You have to take that opportunity. And I think it was the low-hanging fruit. And I don't blame them one bit. What else was going to um, this episode? Right? Uh, Dio, but I don't think they wanted to do that to yeah. him. I guess I guess they could have had Mark beat him to beat Kenny to death. Oh, that, that would have been a fun twist. I actually like that better. But anyway, I gave Kenny a 1.5. There you go. Oh, it seems about right. There's the curve. Yeah. <laughs> In action. <laughs> Okay, so secondary characters here. I've got my list here. Let me know if I missed anybody. We've got Mrs. Cartman. We've got the monkey. Jimbo. Gerald. The mayor. Uh, Rebecca and Mark. Uh, their parents. I don't know if they ever give the parents a name other than the parents or dad. Um, Mr. Garrison. Pip. Butters. Craig. Randy. Principal Victoria, Dio, and Tolkien. Did I miss anybody? Uh, you said Cartman's mom, right? Yep. And that was the mayor, not the principal. Yeah. During the um, yeah, yeah. Doing they were both. They both made an appearance, I believe. Okay. I uh, some I tend to get them mixed up for some reason. Now you got me wondering if maybe the mayor wasn't in there. Now I'm. Oh no, the the mayor did the spelling bee, right? Yeah, that's and that's what okay. that was yep. like. Was that the mayor? Was that the principal? But you're right. It was the it was the mayor. I get the mix. And you had Mr. Garrison. And did you mention the monkey? We've talked about the monkey. Part. Oh, we've yeah yeah. Monkey monkey was in there too. Yeah, and Dio's backup band. <laughs> yes, 
Is Dia... I try to do only only speaking parts, yeah. even yeah. though the monkey yeah. technically didn't speak. Yeah, but... no, I think some, you got him. Some hoops and hollers. Yeah, as much. <laughs> Amanda. Yeah. Why don't you talk about your thoughts on the secondary characters? I thought they were great. <laughs> I really did. I I really enjoyed them. I think that Phonics Monkey takes the cake. Definitely <laughs> <best> secondary character. <laughs> But even like the homeschool kids, like I think the awkwardness of the daughter and sort of the the son is is awkward in his own way, but he's also sort of like curious to be one of the 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 normal boys, you know, and how that yeah. all pans out. And um, so when you put even just those three secondary characters together, I think they were great. Um, but really even who was it? The one of the crowd during the spelling bee, who's like got money on Kyle or uh, oh, Jimbo. Yeah. Jimbo, Jimbo, even his lines were funny in it, you know? Yeah. Um, not too many of them, of course, but just enough and, and really, uh, really just good. And, and, and of course that first scene, I mean, we've talked about it before, but the, the first scene with Cartman's mom, She's got the flashcards. And first of all, I also have zero idea how a phonics monkey or phonics anything is going to help you in a spelling bee. Is that just, <laughs> right. I, you know, okay, reading is one thing, but a spelling bee? I'm not so sure. It, it just made me think of all the parents who think they're doing something really great for their kid because they're doing this new hot fad or trend and... I mean, in reality, that's what we get is the equivalence of the phonics monkey. Monkey. Did any of you take have a phonics class in grade school? I did. So I don't remember having one specifically. It was just kind of worked into what we did. Exactly. I think it was part of the basic lesson plans. But... And I never could spell phonics. I still, like, to this day was looking up. I was like, I think it's with an X at the end. And I'm like, no. No, that's Phoenix. <laughs> so clearly it worked. <laughs> and they purposely spell it in the episode title and on the on the box that she buys. No, finally supposed to help you with spelling. You I know, but I still sound it out. I still don't fully understand that because I think for me, I think it's it's a very in inaccurate and inefficient way to learn well, clearly, how to spell. Clearly, because Cartman used phonics to spell chair. <laughs> And he spelled it. <laughs> it didn't work out so well. Exactly. And that's what phonics, uh, I agree with you. Exactly. Like, well, if he'd read a book, he'd know how to spell chair, but instead yeah. he used his phonics lessons and it was useless. So secondary characters, I, I thought they were great in this episode. I gave them a 10. Ooh, I'm so confused here because, you know, you came in with the one for Stan right away. And then I thought, okay, she's going to be like Wes. She's going to be low scoring. But then you hit the three for Cartman, and then we went the full 10 on the secondary. So I, yeah. we've I got some range here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Wes, secondary characters, who stood out to you? Yeah, uh, pretty pretty similar. Um, so I don't know if you forgive me, because having not listened to every episode, but you know, you have your, your regulars, and then you kind of have your guest stars. And I was mm -hmm. a little down on the regulars this episode. Um, no chef, who I really like chef. Yeah. Um, no Mr. Mackey. He's not always in there, but I always really like Mr. Mackey and a couple others. Mm -hmm. I always love 
Stan's dad. He barely did. He didn't do anything funny. So the the regular secondary characters weren't great, but the uh, what did I call them? The guests. Uh, Guest stars, special guests or yeah, guest, guest stars. Guests. They were outstanding. The homeschool kids were great. Loved the monkey. Dio was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't really him, uh, but uh, I don't believe it was not. But there was there was some like trivia on the Wikipedia page or whatever that he he signed off on it and all that. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I gave it an eight out of ten, which is pretty good for me. Um, yeah. I, I I think I this is the one I actually fluctuated probably the most on. I think I was a little higher, a little lower. <clears throat> so I just kind of locked in at eight. I don't give a lot of perfect scores, but 80%, that's pretty good for me. <laughs> and that's the thing. I'm, you don't say you don't give a lot of perfect scores. I am wondering if you've ever given one. I think um, I did one or two. Um, I'll have to go back in. Just on something random like... Cartman cracked me up, or, or it might have even been a Kenny or something. Where yeah, I think you might have went really high on Kenny one time. I think I, think I remember he had a lot of lines, quote unquote. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for him. Um, so yeah, I think everything you've said is good. There were, um, I guess, call them non-recurring secondary characters. There you go. I think I think you hit the nail on the head there with uh, the monkey and uh, the homeschool family. And the things they did. Um, I did also think that Butters, who was just introduced a few episodes ago, um, I felt like he he didn't say much, but he was very strong in his appearances. Right. Uh, when Craig is trying to bully the uh, uh, the new kid to get out of the hamster wheel, mm -hmm. uh, Butters is right there, like like saying like trying to bully too. But it's Butters, you know, he's not a bully. Right. Butters is such a great character. <laughs> Yes, and he delivers a line um, that I have written down in my laughs here. When uh, Mark is giving his big speech at the end to his dad, you know, like about social and knowing how to act um, around kids. But during Mark's speech, he says, he goes, and look at, look at my sister. She's become a damn whore. And Butters just goes, wow, she sure is. <laughs> That one is within uh, his normal normal self. That yes, I, <laughs> yes. I think some of the things were like, "Hey, this is before Butters established his real character and who he is." Yes, and, and all that. And, but I could totally see Butters saying that at any point. <laughs> yes, this is this is kind of where he's beginning to establish himself. So, <laughs> Butters, the monkey, the homeschool family, all very strong. I gave it an eight point eight. Nice. That's good. 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 So that brings our character scores together out of a potential 22 points. Uh, I am the highest with an 18.4. Amanda is about a point behind me with a 17.5. And Wes is holding true to form with a 15.8. Whoops. <laughs> is anyone you don't actually high? mean whoops, though. <laughs> well, you know, similar to Kenny... I'm on a curve. I'm on a <laughs> Yes. Yes. Um, all right. Let's get into the episode score here. So yeah, let's talk relevance then. Um the first thing I think of when I see the episode title is I remember the hooked on phonics Mark television Kirby. commercials. Yep. And how they were on all the time. And I don't remember anything about them. Other than hooked on phonics works for me. All anybody knows about them because <laughs> <bought it. laughs> 
I felt like that was, I don't even know if the timeline matches up, but that's all I could think of. And I'm like, I feel like this is a direct shot at that. Obviously, this episode takes a giant shot or examination, however you want to look at it, at um, homeschool, public schools in general. <laughs> I have the Bay of Pigs listed here as being relevant. I'm not sure if it was necessarily within the time, but... Um, few years uh <laughs> 30 plus I, I would say definitely relevant in some sense uh bullying and then obviously mark's speech about social skills and um how children need to develop those and what ways are best to do so other than that i didn't have a lot on my list but i felt like that the things they did hit on were very strong so I gave a relevant score of a 4.3. That's what I gave. <laughs> really? <laughs> right on the button, yeah. Did I did I miss anything, Wes? You know, Is there anything that you wanted to add in there? More things than I do. Uh, <laughs> I said homeschooling, is somewhat of an evergreen thing. Um, you know, you're, yeah. you're like, oh, the homeschool kids or whatever. But I think since the pandemic, it has become yeah. more of an issue probably than it even was in 1999. Yeah. Um, and probably even more people doing it for religious reasons than in 1999. Um, sure. So I think it actually, I think I might've had like right at four for relevance. And as I was thinking it through, I was like, it's more relevant now than it ever was. Right. Potential. That's uh, the thing I always refer to as unintentional relevance as, yeah. in, you know, it, it was very relevant in the time, but it's also very relevant now. Yeah, and when I was explaining the categories to Amanda, I said relevance, you have to do um, at the time, and is it still relevant now? So you kind of take yeah. both into consideration. And I don't think, I think they just thought it'd be fun to talk about. I don't recall any sort of, and not in any of the research either, any sort of like big homeschooling story of 1999. No, I don't think it was a big deal, but I think it was kind of something, in my experience, they... They captured the stereotype of a homeschool kid very well. Yeah, agreed. Like anybody I met at that age that was homeschooled was socially awkward. They were kind of mysterious, as in, what the hell do you do? This is a thing. Yeah. Like, and I don't even think I knew about anything homeschool related until I was, uh, I think, a freshman in high school. Yeah. We had a kid playing on the football team that was homeschooled, and everybody was just amazed by it. Yeah, we had a, a baseball kid come out for tryouts, and we're like, "Where well, did this, he come from?" This ought to be interesting, <laughs> <laughs> and it was. <laughs> came out in his blue jeans or something. Oh, like, oh, oh no, right, we'll see how oh, no. that goes. Didn't make the team. Um, Aww. There, there was one other relevance. Um, it's more of a reference. The the homeschool girl, how she had that weird tick where she put her hands wow. up to her mouth. That was, and I knew this without doing the research, that was a reference to uh, one of the Scripps Spelling Bee winners. I had to look up the year. It was two years prior to 97. She was the 97 yes. winner. And she was very awkward. And she she did, she was named Rebecca. So it's like a, it's a direct. Pretty, pretty direct there, yeah. And she would often put her hands up to her mouth, just like little Rebecca between each letter sometimes. Yep. And apparently she would like whisper the letter to herself. <laughs> and uh, there's a lot of 
online. She is the one that is like infamously known for like screaming yeah. every letter of the last word because yeah. she knew, knew it. The winning word, and she screamed every letter. Yes, <laughs> it's not hard to find YouTube clips. Yeah, <laughs> that was somewhat relevant, but it was still two years old at that point. So yeah, I would say still relevant enough. I mean, especially then because we didn't like yeah have the internet to make everyone aware of those things. So about the time everybody became aware of it. Yeah. It's on South Park. Yeah. Amanda, what did we miss? Um, so I don't know that we missed anything that added relevance. Um, but <laughs> I had a big old minus for the Dio reference for relevance. <laughs> Are you saying Dio's not relevant? Oh that's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> Meanwhile Wes was like singing along. Um <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so for me, um, I, yeah, you hit on all of the things. And I think the biggest one being that idea of this like social skills thing. I think my whole life I've wondered about that. Like, okay, in some ways I get why parents would want to homeschool their kids. We're not parents. So I, you know, you have to take what we say with a grain of salt because we don't understand any of this. <laughs> right. And And so... It's real easy to judge from where we stand. <laughs> you know, school is about a lot more than just learning, right? It is how mm. I've always looked at it. Like it's it's interpersonal skills, the social skills, it's about it's about life skills even, right? And yeah. so I feel like when you choose to take your kid and put them into a homeschool situation, if you're not like hyper committed to finding ways to make up for what you're losing, it's going to be really hard to have a well-adjusted child in that situation. Yes. No matter what you do. So, um, and none of that really has, as, as we've pointed out, none of that's really changed. I mean, these are all things that are universal to school when, you know, mm -hmm. in the 90s and school <clears throat> now. I mean, these are all things that are important for uh, how a kid develops, I guess, is what. Up. And that's like you're saying, that's one thing that hasn't changed over the last 24 Correct. years. Yeah. yeah. I mean, certain things have altered social skills like social media and how much yeah. kids interact with each other now. Versus... Yeah, no, nobody has social skills. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and we're okay with that. We've made it worse in some ways, but um, but still it's a it's the same same discussion, I guess is what I'm getting at. So for me, I gave yeah. four point five for relevance. 4.5. Wow. Okay. So you're saying it would have been a four, a full five without Dio. <laughs> yeah. Dio was a half. <laughs> was he, he wasn't really relevant in 1999. I was going to say. So while, while uh, you said that I, I was looking and I had to see when um, Holy Diver came out and that was 1983. So yes. Yeah. And now in all <laughs> fairness, this is so strange to say, but in one week, there have been three references to Dio in my life. And, <laughs> one of the three, and I just find that so strange that it is. it is relevant. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm, I'm kind of stuck, too, because I was I was just thinking. Uh, I was looking at something Tenacious D. Yeah. You know, Jack Black. And in their movie, Dio is in that. I watched the pick of Destiny last week. And oh, was that was that one of the Dio references, Amanda? He walked through when when he was on or something. Yeah. <laughs> See there, there you go. Um, 
I've actually I've really been getting into Tenacious D again lately. So right. I don't know why, but irreverence. Now I feel like irreverence took a little bit of a hit here. I think I think relevance uh, was pretty strong in the episode throughout. I just don't know if they necessarily mocked much more of anything besides homeschool. Yeah. Um, or even public schools. Maybe um, I did put in here the whole spelling bee thing, but I wouldn't have known that until um, I looked it up. I was glad to hear that you recognize that. Um, yeah. I rec- without When she puts her hands up to her face, I recognize that immediately. I was like, that's a reference to that, that famous spelling bee girl. Yeah. The, um, I, I, I said not they weren't particularly harsh to anyone. They kind of had those weird quirks. The dad had the weird quirk, the homeschool dad. Figure that out. Was he was he sneezing? Did you did you like you know, I don't think I paid enough attention to it to really say this is for sure. It was a sneeze, like a real quick, like nervous sneeze or something. It was kind of a yeah. Yeah. So that that was is real small. So not that's not a big thing. Um they could have been. I think they could have been way more harsh to the homeschoolers than they were. So I yes, a, I agree. I didn't give a high score. I said they did put a kid in a hamster ball. So I mean, you know, <laughs> there, was, there was some irreverence. Uh, I gave a two point three because of that. As oh, a little, little below half, you know. Okay, um, Amanda. Anything to add there? Yeah. It in terms of South Park standards i feel like this was pretty tame right yeah it's yeah. pretty pretty mellow in terms of uh taking those shots at at folks um but interestingly you know i that irreverence is often the thing that makes south park kind of great is that it's sort of a guilty pleasure type of thing because sure. it's the kind of stuff we all think but don't say out loud but they're saying it out loud right and so you you have a little bit of that when you watch South Park because there's this sense of like, oh, tell me about it, you know, or or mm-hmm. oh, they took that a little too far, you know, and you cringe a little. And right. Uh, and, and that's part of the beauty of South Park. And for an episode that didn't have that, like, I'm surprised that it was as good of an episode as it was because it didn't it didn't push push the limits in this category very much. To go off of what you said, I think this is where we start to see, you know, just just another way that they can spin an episode to show, you know, we don't have to keep doing it the same way. We part of it this early too, as you know, is just them seeing what they they can do, and I I think this was uh, um, an attempt they made, and I think it it came through. Yeah, well, I gave irreverence a two point one. All right. I don't think I ever actually told my yeah, score, well, but sure. I'm right in between you with a 2.2. So <laughs> we clearly got this category right. And I, our scores have been fairly consistent all the way across here. I'm kind of, uh, kind of impressed. It's like the old days with Matt, where you guys would be almost always right in line with each other. Right. So you need diversity on that podcast. That's what I was. <laughs> and that was Wes's job. <laughs> I come in and throw a real wrench into the whole thing. <laughs> Let's see. Laugh score. What things made you laugh in this episode that we haven't talked about yet? Because I think we've talked about a lot. The, the funny parts. 
the fun. <laughs> there is a line um, when when the the boys first talk to um, the homeschool kids after the spelling bee, and Mark is talking to them, and oh, this was such a lovely time. We should do it again. <laughs> and, and, and Cartman goes, "Yes, we must do it again." You know, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, it's so great!" And this this is so funny because there is a so random, but I I listen to this meditation app, right? Okay. And the woman on the meditation app says again (laughs) distracting when you're meditating and you hear breathe in and out again and again and i'm like and so it just that part made me laugh uh that was one of the laugh moments that we haven't talked about yet but it's a small little part but um it it hit home i was gonna say yeah when it makes that personal connection it uh, carries that much more weight exactly exactly um, I liked when the very beginning they're taking out the hooked on monkey phonics box and they get the monkey out and there's like the recording and the lady's like, if your set arrives with a dead monkey, please call and we will replace it with a live monkey. <laughs> your monkey just, arrived in the box dead. <laughs> <laughs> just, I, I don't even know what to say about it, but I did laugh. There were a lot of good laugh out loud moments. There were. Um, yeah. We, we already talked about when uh, Rebecca threw the money into Kyle's guitar yep. um, guitar case. Uh, one thing that was small that snuck out or s- <laughs> stuck out to me, slow down here, was when all the dads were talking about duct taping uh, Mr. Cotswold to the flagpole, and they're all out there planning how they're going to do it. It's your cast of usual characters. You've got Randy, you've got Gerald, uh, Kenny's dad. Is it Kevin? I can't oh. think of his Stuart. He was there. I, I didn't even see him. I was I was hoping um, Jimbo's friend would talk. Uh, the the army vet. Ned. Ned. I was hoping yeah. Ned would talk. So my eye was on him the whole time. Right, and so there's this cast of guys there, but mixed in with them is Mister Tweak. Oh. The, the coffee salesman. And I'm just like, he just doesn't look like he fits here with this group of people planning to duct tape somebody to uh, the flagpole. So that gave me a little chuckle. Um, and I, I already talked about Butter's quote. <laughs> wow, she sure is. Um, Some of but the I, little details, too. Like, I love yes. the homeschool dad had the elbow patches on his jacket. <laughs> I mean, yes. it's just it's that extra little touch that puts it into a place of you're like, of course he would have those, you know? Yes. Another small detail of the homeschool house was that they had bars on the windows. I thought so. Yes. <laughs> because they're so protective yeah. of their children. Right? Yeah. I, I have a couple. I'm not going to say them just in case there's someone's favorite moment or line or whatever for later but um because we do i think we do look for those small things so when hartman gets up for his first spelling bee first and only chance at the spelling bee he's confident he has this huge smile on his face (laughs) made me chuckle because he was he was so happy he's ready he had his mouth there there was no (laughs) and so he's pretty sour but he had this big smile on his face like i'm gonna do it (laughs) We all knew how that was going to end, too. 
All right, so what kind of scores did you guys come up with for laugh score? I gave a 4.4. Uh, probably could have been higher because I did laugh a lot, uh, but I wasn't rolling. But there were a lot of laugh out loud moments. Okay. I gave it a four. Oh, just a four. I know. Just a, wow. It wow. might be a little on the low side now that I've had the conversation, <laughs> but yeah, but I gave it a four. Did Dio take away points from laughter too? <laughs> Listen, Dio's going to take away. <laughs> oh, man. I laughed enough and even in my second watch that I went ahead and gave a full five. Nice. I put a lot of weight into if I'm able to laugh out loud this on the second watch. Yeah. And definitely I, the thing that killed me the second time that didn't get me as hard the first time was <laughs> when it cuts to the monkey at the drum set and he's just sitting there and he starts masturbating. It's like, I, I knew what happened the first time, but then watching it the second time, it still caught me off guard. Yeah. Not quite what you expect to I see there. Indifference to Cartman's play. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? Personal scores. This one might be a little tricky. And it, but can I take, don't... it can take in a lot of factors. It can take in yeah. your, your nostalgia. It can take in personal feelings. It can take in all kinds of things. So, so it, it did take a hurt. A hurt? <laughs> took a hit for me. In the fact that I had not seen this and did not have really any memories of it. Mm. Um, I did give it a little bump because A, it was a fun episode. It was an episode I enjoyed. And B, just I feel like in my lifetime, I've had a lot of dealings with homeschool kids. <laughs> and uh, as I said earlier, they nailed the stereotype. And I think uh, I think that made it even that much more fun. So my personal score was a 3.8. Oh my gosh, that feels so low. But you're big it on is. nostalgia. Yeah, that's it's almost always a big factor. Or if even if there's just one bit, like uh in 3.8, which we just released, there was the share sound, which I don't know if you're familiar with, but when you go back and listen to that episode, you'll see what I'm talking about. And that was Oh that C H E-R, share. Yes, yes, oh, share. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, I know what the share sound is. Even if I okay. have South Park, I might know what the share sound is. <laughs> Good. Uh, Good. Okay, yeah, I'm, I can't believe how low that is for you, but um, I think I scored a 6.3. I really liked the episode. I think you are wow. nostalgia from here on out for this episode. I agree. You are going to, anytime you hear Dio, you're going to think about this episode. Anytime you see a monkey masturbating, you're going to think of this episode. I hope you don't see it. That was a bad time for me to take a drink. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, you're going to think about homeschoolers anytime you think about this episode. <laughs> I think, yeah, I'm, I, I'm a 6.3. I'm way up there because okay. I, I think I will bring a lot from this episode. I did remember it. Somehow I did not remember the name of the episode. Um, I was like, oh, I don't think I've seen it. And then immediately it's like, oh, yeah, now I remember. Um, so many South Park episodes have monkeys in them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> but not all of them play the drums. So That's right. That's right. The, the, I'm also going to say the monkey comes right out of that box with, like, really good form. The well, arms are crossed. Well, to that's what I was going to say. I love drummers i love drumming i don't play the drums i always wanted to 
And so Amanda knows how much I love that he had this perfect foot. Like he had the form of. <laughs> he sat down at his little drum set and he was ready to go he right kept, out of that. Yeah. That's a good beat. Yeah. He was on the hi-hat just like yep. he's supposed to be. Yeah. He, he even glared at Cartman when Cartman yeah. wasn't playing along. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I, I love the monkey playing the drums. It was so I, I gave it a really high. Yeah. 6.3. Amanda. Difference on you two. I, I gave it a five, and I I didn't. I don't think I really. You mentioned it, Wes, but I, the nostalgia didn't play into it very largely for me. I mean, it was it was more about how I felt watching the episode now, and um, you know, the connections to as you said. I, I've known a handful <laughs> of homeschool kids, and I feel like mm-hmm. there's only one family I know who I think has got it right. <laughs> right you know yeah. and, and that's why i said before and it ain't my cousin <laughs> <laughs> i doubt she's listening recording. i hope not for your sake they're probably not allowed to oh she's that. yeah oh dear okay well <laughs> he's not wrong um but yeah there's only one family i know but my goodness they work so hard <laughs> They like yeah. go above and beyond to make this whole thing, you know, a, a functional way to teach their children, you know, sure. by today's standards. So, um, yeah, it's it's not an easy road. I'm I'm guessing everybody gave it the South Park factor. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I assume a layup for that for sure. Yeah, that one I I did I did. Uh, Drew, how many times do you know ballpark has you not given the South Park. Well, probably just a fan, right? Fantastic question. Um, I know there, I think there were two episodes Matt didn't use it on, and just one or two episodes ago, Goat did not. Oh, for Corn's Groovy Pirate Ghost Mystery. Um, Goat did not award the South Park factor for that either. I probably would, but I can see why you wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't for that one. See, I would because you brought in, well, I mean, I did. But I mean, you brought in um, an actual band, like the actual members of the band, yeah, to do a Scooby Doo parody. It may not be a very good episode. It may not be everybody's cup of tea, but that is random and very South Parky. Yeah, not a word. The Barbara Streisand one. Yeah, that maybe both of you didn't give it. Ooh, now you can make me look. Um, Matt did not give it for weight gain four thousand. Oh, yeah. Hmm. I disagreed with him on that one. <laughs> yeah. Matt did not give it for Tom's rhinoplasty, which he hated. <laughs> I think that's it in season one. I don't know if I've ever not given the South Park factor. Hmm. Uh, Matt also did not give the South Park factor in Terrence and Philip in Not Without My Anus. Oh, sure. Yeah. Which okay. I think I can I can okay. understand that. I can understand yeah. that, too. Yeah. I buy yeah. That. Um, and I think that's it. Okay. Sites goat in uh, the yeah. Warren episode. So but. it is pretty rare. So I'm, yes, it does happen, but it is rare. Kind of like everyone's going to get it most of the time. Yeah, it has to have something way off with it if it doesn't. Looking at everyone's scores now, I got to know: Did you two do this on purpose? Uh oh. Both. <laughs> <laughs> do we have the I'm same score? Paper. Oh my gosh! You have the exact same score. Whoa! We did not no. do that on purpose. In we fact, we both. Not. We both adjusted our, like we both added them up and then adjusted after, 
um, like between doing our initial scoring, because you, I know you changed one. I ended up changing one at one point after I did my math. That's so funny. Whoa. Wow. It's, it's pretty amazing that um, you two have the exact same score. Now, you got there two very different ways. Very different oh, yeah. ways. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Wes was heavy on the episode score, and Amanda was higher on the character score. And I'm always low on characters, almost always low on characters. I'm low on everything. I'm extra low on characters. <laughs> so you both had a 34.1. Yes. I came in with a 34.7. Wow, but we're in the 34. Yeah. For three of us to be that close is absolutely unreal. Um, so that brings our composite score to a 34.3. Me, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> um, while I'm adding this into the spreadsheet and totaling everything up, you guys are going to talk about your favorite moment, your favorite quote, and your MVP. Before we do that, I have a few like note notes that we didn't get to. Go for it. So, so while you add that up, I'm going to jump in with those. Um, so, uh, spoiler alert, many, many, many seasons in the future, there's something on South Park where they say, Simpsons did it, um, <laughs> as the Simpsons have been around even longer, and they've done so many things. So, when the monkey was teaching Cartman to do phonics with a little drum beat, I said, I've seen this before. There was a Cosby show in season six where Denise decides she wants to teach little kids like preschoolers. Uh, she decides she wants to be a teacher for little kids when she goes to her stepdaughter's class and sees a teacher teaching the students with a little drum beat and like a, a rap. Yeah, kind of like a rap, a math rap, a math rap, doing the multiplication tables with a little drum beat behind them. And I'm like, okay. they totally ripped that off. <laughs> <laughs> now I don't after seeing that he showed me the clip I'm not so sure that they ripped it off because this was definitely not a, mo a monkey situation it so. was, yeah it was just people rapping and having a little it was you know a loose rap um, but it had a little drum beat they were learning by drum beat yeah but <laughs> anyway <laughs> I I, uh, I think he was reaching I don't know it feels like a reach I'll be honest I don't yes. know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> out there. That's all I'm saying. And on a couple of things, because by far my MVP, my MVP was the the phonics monkey. I mean, the monkey just steals the show for me, and I can't help it. He's he's adorable, and he's he even has like the monkey has no words, but he's sarcastic, and I love that. Like he's a wonderful character. My favorite quote is one that we mentioned, which was the, if your monkey arrived in the box dead, please. <laughs> no. And I was like, you have got to be kidding me. Of course, a monkey would arrive dead, you know, and what that must be like is probably not great. But I also had a right. favorite quote uh -oh. of this episode, uh -oh. which I wrote down because um, I, I tend to have uh, a certain certain triggers for lack of a better word and uh pretty much all things patriarchy trigger me <laughs> <laughs> yeah and um when rebecca before she kisses sam in the garden when she's sitting there and they're talking and she's still her nervous nelly i'm sorry i said yeah when before she kisses kyle in the garden um while she's still nervous she has this quote where she says <laughs> 
When it's time to increase the herd, my provider will choose a mate for me. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, hell no. Like, that, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, all of a sudden, every, every bristling feeling in my body, you know? So yeah. when it becomes a floozy, you're just... I'm like, like oh, thank goodness, I can handle this. Very, very sex positive <laughs> in this house. Okay. 100%. But that's funny because... As soon as I heard that, my first thought was, yeah, that sounds like something a homeschool kid would yeah. say. Yeah. <laughs> when when you factor in the religious component of homeschooling, right? They didn't seem too religious. After she, after she said that, I was like, oh, yeah, they're yeah, religious. Yeah, but you're right. They didn't have all the telltale religious signs before that. Um, but then she comes out with that one, and I'm just like, oh, dear. Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> a strong reaction to that quote, for sure. Um, yeah. And since the monkey's my favorite, I mean, my favorite moment, it really is that opening scene where they're opening the box and we meet the monkey and Cartman's interaction with the monkey, the monkey's reactions to Cartman, <laughs> you know, just that whole scene is just, it, it's it's spot on. It's perfect. So here's the problem. Uh, the husband and wife <laughs> kind of have the same answers. <laughs> I'm shocked. Same score, same. You were... Is this why we're together? I, I, I... <laughs> Those people. So, yeah, the monkey. I just love the monkey playing the drums at the beginning. Uh, I think I, that's going to be a lot of people's favorite. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I did have a backup, yeah. but I mentioned the backup when Cartman comes up to the stage and he has this huge, confident smile. That <laughs> made me very happy. My favorite line, however, is... <clears throat> Holy diver! <laughs> <laughs> I can't do a very good uh, uh, impression, but it's just wow. It just cracks me up when you know they basically let him get in one line, maybe two, and then it's just yeah. hard cut. <laughs> and I don't. That's really the only part of that song I know. I don't know a lot of that era <laughs> all that well, but I do know just like that riff right at the beginning there um and it's kind of stuck in my head so that was it's one of those songs that does stick in your head absolutely yeah. it's just i may or may not have added it to my spotify playlist <laughs> after watching the episode yeah so that i'm going with that from a best line but this could also be a best line or a best moment um since amanda took all mine um, sorry. <laughs> when when Mark comes in in the giant hamster ball and Cartman, I think it was Cartman, and I didn't write down the exact line because I didn't think I was using it, said something about John Travolta disease. <laughs> oh, yes. That's, that one slid, slid under the radar. You know what? That, that's a John Travolta started a movie, The Boy in the Plastic Bubble. So that's, another, yes. that's another reference. So I love the, love the references. That's if you haven't figured that out by now i love all the hidden references so yeah that's that's part of what makes south park so great yes that's the easter eggs definitely one of my favorite parts even when you were setting up this podcast like okay what makes south park south park and i i love the references for sure definitely and then monkey's the mvp for me it just is monkey so we've got two monkey mvp votes so yeah. far huh yeah Okay. I mean, who can beat the monkey? I think I think Drew is going to say Kyle. So I actually I had a pivot just in case the monkey got too much love. <laughs> Give the monkey the love. We'll, <laughs> the monkey we'll, we'll see. Self love. 
<laughs> Monkey gave himself enough love. Yeah. That is true. Thank you. Um, my favorite moment was just the entire idea of Cartman being homeschooled. Um, <laughs> just the struggle of him. Oh, oh I'm too tired. I can't. When, when they'd go over to his house and tell him, hey, you got to come to school on Friday. It's the dance and we're going to uh, tape the right new kid. Uh, the new kid to the flagpole. Oh, yeah, I might get out of bed for that or or I might I might have to do that. Something like that. And it's just like. It was such a, a Cartman moment. It It is great. I think they could have fleshed it out so much more with him being homeschooled. Like the next episode could be just all him homeschooled. And I think there's a, there's so much they could have done more. Yeah. Yeah, I'll agree with that. There's definitely more they could have done with that idea. I had uh, <laughs> two quotes i did i did ha i like butters quote a lot with mark's speech wow she sure did um <laughs> there was the uh when cartman's leaving after he said it more than anything it's always the delivery with butters <laughs> yes absolutely when cartman's leaving class after mr garrison uh makes fun, fun of him and he says screw you guys i'm going homeschooled <laughs> yeah um and then also, in that same conversation, I don't think I have it in order here, but uh, Garrison just kind of says under his breath, he goes, oh, God, please let it be forever. Yeah. We both chuckled at that. We did. We both chuckled yeah. at that, too. And it's not even that funny, but, like, I guess the we've all... The fact that a teacher would say we've that. We've all been around those students at some point, and yes. we're all teachers, so... Yes, um, I definitely know a teacher or two that has um said or thought similar things i'm yeah. sure my pivot for mvp here is butters Whoa. he was oh, come on <laughs> that's a really true <laughs> he was my if you look at my history of mvp votes are always reaches don't worry okay, okay. um it's, it's share got my mvp vote a while <laughs> back i believe but uh <laughs> his lines his involvement was very very good for the little bit he was involved in. Like I said, we're starting to see Butters come into the picture here, and we'll only see more and more of it. So yeah. um, I can't I went with Butters. He's probably a top three character all time for me. I agree with that. And I remember when I first started watching the show, when it, you know, those years I was watching it regularly, when hmm. Butters came into the, the picture, I remember being like, oh, yeah. This this kid's this kid's good. This is this is something they were missing, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. And there's something so endearing about Butters, like a sweetness to him, and an innocence to him that none of the other kids have. Like they just don't. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but Butters brings it, and um, and he has, he, that, he has that little evil side too. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. The little the little professor twist. evil. Professor. Yeah. Evil. Yeah. Professor Chaos? Chaos. Professor Chaos. Yes. 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 All right. Stay tuned. Like two years. Yes. We've got we've got a, way, a ways to go, but um, I I think they did a lot of wonderful things with Butters, and like you said, he was kind of the character they needed when they brought him in. So yeah, and I think probably a lot of folks. That's probably why they kept bringing him in more. Yeah. I'm guessing they had a good response to Butters at once they introduced his character. Oh, for sure. I would I would almost guarantee it. All right. So when we're looking here at the overall rankings, um, Hooked on Monkey Phonics 
comes in at number 22 overall. And at this point, there are 44 right. episodes entered into the spreadsheet. So it's right in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, it falls 0.15 points behind Big Gay Al's Big Gay Boat Ride. Oh, that's a great episode, too. And it is 0.1 points above Starvin' Marvin, the original Starvin' Marvin. It's in good company. Yeah. Yeah. And so the the next question I usually lead up with is, how do you feel about that position? Do you think that's the right spot for it? Hearing what's around it, yes. I'm curious what would would be that much higher, because I feel like those are strong episodes, all of them. But if those are the ones that are around it, yeah, it like I said, it's in good company. Um, if you look at, let's see, some of the others, a couple others below, you've got the Mexican staring frog of southern Sri Lanka, uh, chicken pox, succubus, and then above it, you have pink eye. Cartman gets an anal probe, mm. and two guys naked in a hot tub. The Cartman anal probe one was That's was great, kind of legendary, yeah, yeah, legendary episode. Yeah, we blame we blame Matt for the low score on that one. <laughs> all of those episodes above it are less than 0.7 points above it whereas and below everything i listed off is within 0.3 so i mean it's tight it's in a tight window there on my personal rankings hooked on monkey phonics comes in at 23 uh just below damien and just above spontaneous combustion yeah right and right in the middle basically Right in the middle, yes. And on our co-host list, this came in at number 18. Okay, yeah, a little higher than that. It's a little higher. um, Very solidly in the middle, though, pretty much any way you look at it. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. seems like it. I mean, I think we liked it. We would have probably thought it would be a little higher, but um, yeah, that's okay. There's a lot of good episodes. Yeah. And finally, one last metric here to look at, number six for season three. So once again, 12 episodes into season three, this one falls right in the middle. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Glad we could be average for you. Yes. (laughs) And even more amazing, the fact that you matched scores. I I really, that's amazing to me. We did not. (laughs) I could kind of look over there at her score and kind of saw like a 34.1, but didn't even connect. That's what I have, too. <laughs> <laughs> you were just already thinking you had a 29.1, so nothing no, else mattered. No, no. <laughs> okay, is there anything else regarding this episode that we need to talk about before we head out? I have one very short one. Uh, okay. Kyle's losing word was Croxel Defivic, which yes. um, INDB trivia said it isn't a word. But the Wikipedia page did have a definition for it, which was the study of physiokinesiological dynamics. Kinesiological. Kinesiological <laughs> dynamics using the computational tools of bioformatics and specialized mathematical formulas developed by Marcus Croxel. <laughs> that might just be made up. So it might it might be. Especially IMDb says it's not a word. <laughs> I don't know. I think you can trust Wikipedia more than uh, IMDb, right? 
Of course, yeah. Really, we're going to trust either there, one of these? Oh, <laughs> I was going to say that might be a debate for another another <laughs> podcast. Um, That's my part, <laughs> parting tidbit. Okay. Thank you to my guests, Wes and Amanda, for coming in. It was a pleasure. Thanks for having us. Yeah. I'm glad you could make it, and uh, we'll do this again sometime if if I can, you know, get you to stay up past your bedtime again. It is so late. We can manage to actually have exactly the same score again. That oh, that was weird. <laughs> I should say we've done it once. We have to see if it can happen again. And yeah, we're not happy about it. Let the record show. <laughs> Can't wait for the next time Wes comes in with just a 15. Yeah. No real reason for it. Yeah. (laughs) I'm pretty sure I scored something nearly that low that I didn't submit my score. I think it was the Barbara Streisand episode. I I was just, it was like a 15. It was in the teens for sure. That's a side note. Anyway. (laughs) There are episodes like that. Don't feel bad. Thank you to all our listeners for following along and sticking with us for three years up to this point. By the time I edit this, probably four. Um, (laughs) If you would like more from the podcast, you can follow our blog at www.thespiritofsouthpark.com. You can follow us on Twitter at the SOSP if we stay there much longer. And if you'd like, you can join our Discord and see what's going on over there. The link on the Twitter page does still work because somebody joined it the other day. Thank you to that person. And as always, you can reach out to me on Twitter if you have questions, comments, or anything relevant to say. Otherwise, I will just block you. Thank you to Alexander Nakarata for the theme song and music you've heard here throughout the show. And finally, thank you to... Megan the Artist for the new-ish logo you see on our podcast pages. So for Wes and Amanda, I'm Drew saying stay safe, stay healthy, be a good person. Holy diver! And did you mention the monkey? We've talked about the monkey part.